Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey guys, welcome again. We're thrilled that you're here. And uh, I just want to extend Mike's welcome to you and Phil's welcome and just uh, say that we're, we're really glad you're here this morning. Before I jump into the message, we are doing a series on prayer uh, called Too Busy Not to Pray. I want to echo what Mike said about baptism. Hey, um, it's one thing, I'm going to just be straight up, like Jesus commands it from his followers and he doesn't uh, invite you to do other things before that. He just says, believe and be baptized. And, and so we want to take that seriously. We do. We throw a party when this happens. And so in two weeks, two weeks, uh, we're going to do a baptism of uh, event right after the worship service uh, outside, and it is, it is an amazing thing. If you've never been to one of those, it's a celebration, and I want to invite you to participate. So um, I, I really believe there's probably five or ten people in this room right now who probably need to respond. If you have not been baptized before as a believer, you, it, it might be the next thing for you. There are fears involved. I get it. Like, I, I'm too young. I'm too old. I uh, don't want to do this in front of, in front of everybody. Uh, what are the other? I mean, there's other things. I don't have it all together right? Like, um, what I would say to you about that is that Jesus invites you to just come. He just invites you to come to him, right? Like, like his invitation is to come as you are. Come just as you are to, to him. And you don't have to have it all together. That's the point of, of all of this, is that he has it together for us. And so I want to invite you, uh, just join me for a few minutes if you have questions about that after today's worship experience. I'm going to be like right here, right, right afterwards. But um, I want to show you a couple of pictures because uh, I, I want to talk today about prayer. And last summer, my family got to go to the Pacific Northwest and, and also uh, to Alaska to a family wedding. It was amazing, like stunningly uh, beautiful. And, and if you can think of the, the, the uh, most beautiful place you've ever visited uh, and, and just think about that place. I mean, we got to go to a Mount Rainier, and, uh, which is, was incredible. I mean, just, just stunning, right? And all these other, other places. I just was thinking about this this week, the God who created that, like the God who created that incredible view, he wants to, to talk to you. Like he, he wants to actually communicate with you. We also got to see, we went on a whale watching trip and which was so incredible. And we got to see these whales doing something that they pretty rarely do, at least in terms of uh, you'd be able to see it. They did something called bubble feeding. And it's where they, they uh, work all together, these whales, and they create this sort of vacuum in the water and they pull all the fish and the, the shrimp and whatever's in the water together in it. And then they come up and they feed on it together. And it is, it is uh, such a beautiful thing to see. We got to see that. That's not the picture I took, okay? Like, uh, I, I'm not that good. But the pictures I had were like way far away. But that's what it looks like for whales to bubble feed. The God who did that, the God who created animals who can do that, the God who created that beauty in all his magnificence, right? He wants to talk to you. Like, like, like he wants to, um, to actually communicate with, uh, with you. I got one, one more, actually a couple more pictures. Uh, I tore my, I did tear my Achilles uh, February, like the end of February playing soccer with my buddy Mark right here. I was so excited to play on his team, and uh, I had been, I'd played soccer earlier in my life, and I was like, I'm going to go do this, I, so I was starting to work out a little bit and starting to play a little bit, and 20 minutes into the game, I go down and I tear my Achilles, and I have a picture of us because 10 seconds after I tore my Achilles, Mark over here 
um, breaks his nose. And uh, <laughs> like a guy ran into him, I'm laying on the field, I look over, I see Mark get hit, he goes down, he's laying on the field, Everybody comes to him uh, with all the attention because he's bleeding, and, and I'm over there going, hey, I can't walk. And uh, it was a crazy little series of, of events. And there's Jen taking care of us, and Liz is taking pictures of us. Uh, so uh, <laughs> you were taking care of us too. But um, I don't want to gross you out, but when you zoom in on my foot, when you zoom in on my foot, it's a really blurry picture, that's my torn Achilles right there. Look away if you don't want to see that, I know, look away. Um, and, and then the next slide, uh, this is Mark's bloody nose. Uh, <laughs> now, the, the great thing about Mark is that he smiles even when he, like, if you know Mark, you know he's just going to smile through everything. Um, here's why I show you these terrible pictures. Because God is amazing, right? And he created a human body that can heal. And I'm up here standing, and I was at the doctor the other day, and he's like, feeling my, my uh, Achilles. And he, they didn't do it surgically. They just put me in a cast. And and it healed. I mean, it is healing, okay? It's not fully healed yet, but it's healing. And the God who does that and healed your broken nose, it looks amazing now. Yeah. Um, the God who has done the miraculous work of, of, of the human body and the fact that it can heal and do all these other amazing things. Right, my doctor friend? <laughs> it's incredible, right? It's incredible. He wants to talk to you. Like, he wants to talk to me. And that in and of itself is a miracle that he wants to do that. And so we're gonna talk about that today. And, and even though God is immense and mysterious and, and uh, it, he feels sometimes so distant, prayer doesn't have to be that way. Prayer doesn't have to feel like it's something magical. Prayer doesn't have to feel like it's something mysterious. It's not. It's about connection with God. And, and, and it really comes from this. It comes from good spiritual habits. Now. Um, I, I don't have a good relationship with this word sometimes, habits, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't always love that word because when they're bad, they're easy, right? And when they're good, they're hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the bad habits come easy. I don't have to try to have bad habits. They happen when I'm not paying attention. I, I, I play golf, or at least I try to, and golf is a sport of habits, it's a sport of, of habits. I can have bad habits in my swing and it just really messes me up. Like I can, I can sort of do something what they call coming over the top and it's when I go too far inside and then I come over and it makes the ball go that way or sometimes it makes it go that way and, and or I can stand too close to the ball, you know, or I can have a bad grip and, and a million other things, a million other bad habits. And when you go to practice, sometimes people will say, well, you need to practice more, right? Like you just need to practice more. But the truth about practice is this, if you practice the, the wrong things, you're making it worse right? Like if you practice the wrong way to do it, you're just making it worse. It's better not to practice at all if you're going to practice the wrong things. And the more we do the wrong things, the more we do the bad habits, the harder they are to break, right? Like the harder, the harder the habits are to break. You know this is true. If you work out or you struggle with that, you know about the good habits versus the bad habits. If you're, uh, you know about the good habits versus the bad habits with work, right? Like with, with your, in your, in your work life, you know about the good habits versus the bad habits. Um, with school, you, you might say to yourself, well, I really want to make that A. But I would ask you, you know, well, what are your study habits? What, what are your study habits? Because you can want to all day long, but if you don't have the right habits, you're probably not going to. And, and so 
I wanna take the mystery out of prayer today and say that, hey, it's just about some habits that we can form. Jesus actually tells us this as well, but the God who came, right? The God who came as Jesus, the God who rose from the dead, the God who did all of this wants to talk to you and me. And, and you can have all the want to that you want to, but sometimes it's our habits that need changing. And, and there are habits that Jesus modeled for us that we can adopt, that we can use to replace the bad habits that we sometimes have when it comes to this thing called prayer. And it, and it doesn't take superhuman effort. It doesn't take super spir- a super spiritual person to have a good prayer life. I, w- I wanna show you a couple of dangers. There's, there's two dangers here, and they're really the opposite sides of a, of a coin. One of those dangers is what I would call rigid discipline. That's actually one of the dangers here. Uh, and, and so the first is this, if, you, if it's rigid discipline for you, you're probably somebody who loves uh, lists, you love taking notes, you love formulas, you love to underline things, you love numbers, you love all these, all these things. And you might, th- this might be your thing, like do you need more habits? You might not need more habits. Maybe you need more effective habits. Do you need to weigh yourself down more? Or do you need to bring the heavy load that you have to Jesus? That's the first warning. It's about rigid discipline. We we, we fill ourselves with requirement and duty, if that's who you are. And it kind of squeezes out the life from from life. It squeezes out the adventure. It squeezes out the spontaneity from from your relationship with God and from life. And if you feel like Jesus, this this is you, if you feel like Jesus right now is more of a heavy burden than freedom. Then, then maybe the, the first problem that you have might be rigid discipline, the feeling of rigid di- discipline. The, the second warning, though, is equal but opposite of, of this. You might say to yourself, hey, I don't need that kind of structure. I don't need habits to make my heart grow. I can just play it by ear. I can just go with the flow. I can let go and let God, you know? And this is what I would call uh, structurelessness. That is not a word, right? But I just created a word, structurelessness. Here's the problem with no structure in your life. With no structure, you actually can't grow. With no intention about your spiritual life, you won't, you won't grow. If, if you're trying to lose body fat, it, it won't decrease if you, if you don't have any structure in your life and you eat the same thing over and over again. If you're trying to increase your muscle tone, it won't increase if you don't exercise and don't put something that's structured in, in place. Um, Liz and I, somebody, I've told you this before probably, but Liz and I have been doing some gardening this year. It's like a new kind of thing for us. Although my family grew up gardening and yours did too, so we're, we're kind of bringing it back in. But we planted some tomatoes this year. And, and actually, so I was, my, my mom is a tomato kind of expert. She's sort of my go-to phone call. And so, so this is a tomato plant like they looked uh, when, when, we planted, when we planted these tomatoes. And the first thing that my mom said when I was telling her that we were planting tomatoes was she said, you need to get wire frame, a wire frame and put it around the tomato plant. And I was like, why do I need to do that? And she's like, well, for plants to be healthy, they need a wire frame to grow in, to grow around. And if they do that, they will grow orderly and in a healthy kind of fashion, not sprawled out over the ground. So, so this is, I mean, when did we plant this? Three weeks ago? Three weeks ago, and this is where they are. This is where one of them is now. And we've got this wire frame and it's growing like crazy, right up and around this wire frame. It needs the structure. It needs the structure to be healthy. So, so if 
and the invitation to you and to me is this, to get a little more serious about our, our, our prayer life, it's time to make a decision. And the decision for you might be this, I need to learn the frameworks that are necessary and practice those regularly, to put those in my life. And, and let me just say this, like nobody understood prayer better or you know, was more committed to it than Jesus himself, right? And Jesus himself. In fact, uh, the, they, the disciples were looking for him one day and they found him and they, uh, they, they, they found him doing this. It says, one day Jesus was praying uh, in, a certain, in a certain place. So the disciples are going to Jesus and they're gonna get ready to ask him, hey, uh, Jesus, what does it look like for, for my uh, life to be a life of prayer? Like, what is, what is the prayer life uh, that you're calling us to look like? But, but I wanna say this, like in this verse, in this one verse, the, the lesson about prayer has already begun. The lesson about prayer has already begun because prayer starts with putting yourself in the right place. It starts with putting yourself in the right place. I may wanna get fit, right? Like if, but if I don't put myself in the gym, it ain't gonna matter if I want to, right? If I don't go into the gym, it will not happen. I may want to pray, but if I don't put myself in the right places, it will not happen. I might wanna grow, like you might wanna grow as a, as a Christian. If you're someone who follows Jesus, you might wanna grow. But if you don't come to church, for instance, it won't happen. And, and you might say, well, can't you be a Christian and not, go to, not, not come to church? And I would say, yes, you can be a Christian and not come to church. You just can't be a healthy one and not come to church. Uh, because you need the community around you. You need this. And it's like the tomatoes, right? Like you need a framework. You need an environment where you can grow that's conducive to growth. If you threw that tomato plant, the first one I had, if I just threw it out in the yard into some bad soil and I didn't put any water on it, I didn't fertilize it at all, I mean, you know what's going to happen, right? You know what's going to happen with that. The scriptures say that iron sharpens iron and you need one another to grow. We need one another to grow. So Jesus is saying right, right at the beginning, he's like, he's showing it starts, you know, prayer starts by putting yourself in the right place. And he was out in this place where he'd gone over and over and over again. The disciples were always like, hey, where's Jesus? There are these places in the gospels and I would go, go read them, right? Like go read the gospels and, and look for this. Look for when the disciples are looking for Jesus and where they find him. Often it's in a lonely place or out on a hill or out on the mountainside or out in the desert or in a garden, and he's praying. He's praying. And so he begins to tell them what a, a prayer should do. They ask him, hey, um, in, in fact, here's, here's what he says. Uh, when he finished, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Tell us how to, tell us how to pray. And so Jesus doesn't say to them, here's what you should pray for. He begins to share a list of habits to develop. He begins to say, here's, here's how you should do this. Here's how you should pray. He tells them what a prayer should do. And he tells them about his, his habits. And so he says, and, and when, when you pray, this is Matthew chapter 6, and when you pray, that, that word when is important there. When, not if. Not, not, not if you pray. He says when. The first habit he wants to instill in, in them and in us is to pray regularly. Just, just to pray regularly. Uh, he has an expectation that it's just a part, of, a part of their day because Jesus knew that there was no spiritual power, there's no spiritual life without prayer. There's just no spiritual life without prayer. There's no tapping into God. There's no tapping into God and his peace and his power without it. And then he goes on and he says, hey, uh, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. 
But, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Prayer's not for show. It's not for show. That should be good news. You, you don't need to prove your spirituality to anybody. It's not about the pretty words that you use, or it's not about the, the, uh, you know, the theological statements that you use when you pray. It's about your heart. It's about my heart. It's about laying that bare before God. And so he, he not only says pray regularly, in this he's saying, you should pray. When you pray, you should pray privately. Uh, make it a habit to pray Privately, this is not just a thing in front of other people, but, but then not ever on your own. This is not just a thing for being in front of people to, to show off. God wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you. He is your audience. You don't have another audience with prayer, even in a group, right? Even on a stage, you don't have another audience except for him. He is the audience. He is the audience of one. And so he says, pray, pray privately. I want you to pray regularly. I want you to pray privately. And, and then he keeps going and he says, um, when you pray, don't, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. He says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So the next habit that he's saying is this. He's saying, when you pray, pray sincerely. Pray privately, pray regularly, and then also pray sincerely. Make it heartfelt. It doesn't have to be a lot of words. He wants your words, not someone else's words. He wants, he wants your words. And, and then he goes into this passage that, that a lot of us have heard before. You're pretty familiar with it. And I'm not going to walk through each of it, each line verse by verse, but here's what he says. He says, then here, let me give you an example of what this looks like. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We could go through that line by line, but, but really what he's saying is this. In all of, the, all of this, I want you to pray specifically. Pray specifically. He wants to hear specifics about your life. I don't know if you believe that or not here today, but he wants to hear specifics about your life. And it's not because he doesn't already know them. And sometimes we play that game, well, why pray if he already knows? Why, sh why should I pray if he already knows? Can I just tell you this? It's because he wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to know that, that uh, all these things, big and small, that are in your life, all, the, all those things, he holds all of them in his hands. He has all of them under control. He's working all of these things out in your life for the good, even if it doesn't seem like it right now. And so you can take every concern, large and small, to him because he cares. He loves you. He knows the number of the hairs on your head, right? And so he loves you and he wants to know those things from you. He has all those things under control. He wants you to pray specifically and like ask him into every detail of your life. Sometimes we think you're too busy, God, and you don't need to hear about this. He wants to hear. And that's a lie that we tell ourselves. He wants to know. He wants to hear. And he also knows something that the disciples didn't know yet. 
He knew something that the disciples didn't know. Yeah, you build the in um, praying regularly, praying, praying privately, praying sincerely, praying specifically. You build these habits in, not just for today. It's, it's not so that you can just survive through today. It's also for tomorrow. It's also about tomorrow. You know, Jesus went to a solitary place a lot, like I've said, over and over and over again, over three years. Do a, do a study sometime of where are the places where Jesus withdraws? What does he do? You'll see it. You'll see a pattern emerge over and over and over again. He withdraws and he prays. And his disciples are always like, where did he go? And he's like, he's over there praying again, gone again. And they're just curious about that. But then he ends up in Jerusalem. That, that, that last week of his life here, he ends up in Jerusalem and this intensity swirls around him like a storm, you know, building and building and building and building. And Jesus is, um, he's 100% God. But he's also 100% human. And so he is uh, struggling and feeling overwhelmed. And he's feeling distressed. And you know what he does? He had this habit in his life. This habit of praying and taking these things to God. And so he, he goes to this garden. It's a solitary place where no one else is at the moment. He goes to this garden and he prays and and he finds the strength to continue forward and complete his mission. Jesus knew that it was integral to his life. Sometimes I think we don't quite accept that it's integral to ours. But his invitation always stands, and it's not guilt-laden, it's not full of, oh, I wish, or I should have, or all, any of those things. It's just an invitation to come. Come, 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 come. And he's always waiting, right? There. And Jesus knew something that we forget, and it's that prayer brings this peace that prepares you for tomorrow. It brings a peace that prepares you for, 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 for tomorrow, not just for today. So he invites us, hey, pray regularly. What does it look like to pray regular, regularly? And then just make it private, right? Pray privately. It's not for anyone, it's not for anyone else. And then when you do it, pray sincerely too. Like make it heartfelt because you're not trying to repeat someone else's words. He wants to hear your words. He knows everything, yes. He wants to hear it from you. He cares about your heart. And then pray specifically like you've got things on your mind. Bring it all in, in front of him. Name those things. Write them out. Do whatever you need to do. And if right now you're, you're at a place where you're like, I really actually don't pray. Let me invite you to pray like for two minutes a day. Just in the car, or before you go to work or school or whatever, just, just at night before you go to bed. Two minutes, that's it. Two minutes and see what will happen. I think what will happen is this. If you do that consistently and build that habit in, you're going to be in a sense, your relationship with God began to just deepen. Is it, is it um, magical? No. It takes some effort on our end. It takes some structure on our end. It, it, it takes some, uh, some, some building into the, our, our lives, these habits, and it also takes people around you encouraging you to do that as well. Gosh, is it going to pay off in your life? Because you're going to find um, this, this fertile soil begin to develop in your heart. And you're, you're going to find this receptivity to the Holy Spirit that maybe you haven't had before that you're going to see begin to grow. And, and you're going to find that as you face difficult things, 
And as you face the tomorrows of, of, of our world, as you face the things that are coming that are going to be hard, you're going to be prepared. You're going to be ready. Because He's right there beside you. And if He's beside you, nothing else really matters. If He's with you, everything else is going to be okay. This is so integral to our lives. Let's be people who move from maybe, maybe zero minutes a day to two minutes a day, or, or two minutes a day to five minutes a day, or maybe it's 15 minutes a day to 30 minutes a day of time in prayer. You know, the God who created all of this, the God who created the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, He wants to talk to you. Let's don't be people who get over that, right? Like He wants to speak to you. He's always ready for you, and so let's make time for, for Him. I'm going to pray for us right now, and I'm going to um, pray for you in that that the, whatever the roadblocks are, you're, you're ready to maybe give those to God. Whatever the, whoever the people are maybe in your life that you need to invite in, that you're going to have the courage to invite in. Um, and the next step that you need to take, that you're ready to take that next step. And we need God for all those things. Right? So let's pray together. God, I want to pray right now uh, about prayer. <laughs> and um, I just want to thank you that we can come to you. God, that we can come to you that we don't have to be anyone other than ourselves, that, um, that we can come and we can talk to you. We can share our hearts and, and you want to hear from us, God. You want to, um, you want to see us uh, as, as, our, as, as who we are, our, your child. We thank you, God, for wanting to pray, wanting us to pray with you, to wanting us to talk to you, that you're that kind of God. We pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.